0: now <laughs> see you next week all right we are recording right
1: i'm uh, recording i'm recording i'm recording right here we go bro look at this there's another tray what is what is that yeah hold on one okay. two.
0: <laughs> there we go Boom. oh there is a bit of echo when you clap <laughs> yeah look at this thing
1: that is so cool. mike whatever you get up to in your spare time in your bedroom mate is completely up to you but i don't know about showing that on, <laughs> bro Right? When
0: it showed up, Amber was like, what the F is that? And I was like, babe, calm down. This is not for us. This is a very hardcore mount for cameras in your car, on your oh. hood. On your- Yeah. So there we go. It's three points of contact to make it very steady because I I hate. Oh, oh, come on, buddy. Come on. G- there. It's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, but uh, I hate relying and hoping that the GoPro in my car is doing its job. Like if I'm doing like some sort of vlog, mm-hmm. I, I get back to the you know, studio and I'm like, oh, okay, well, it's pitch black or it's well overexposed. Like it just never quite is right. So I trust my, I know my settings on my cinema cameras. I trust them more, but they're kind of heavy. So I needed like a legit mount to stick on the inside of my car. Or if I just wanted to get that one quick shot of driving, I can mount that right on the hood. Oh, Pray mate. for the best
1: with the cinema camera and the Beautiful. expensive lens. Beautiful, <laughs> leveling be up stuff. constantly, mate. I love a GoPro for like the practicality, but the, I just can't use them for anything. Like I watch the footage Same. back, and I'm like, Nah, man. Like they just don't look as good
0: at all. It's funny, like if you're a GoPro person, like if you're somebody that uses them every day, and you're okay with the mounting system. I mean, those mounts drive me bananas but if you're into it i always think like why change you're crushing it with this stuff like when you know what to do with a gopro but if you think you can just get a gopro and make it look good it's it's got it's it's switching from windows to to ios yeah it's it's, there's a learning curve there and i have not learned it so welcome into episode 58 (laughs) drum with mike and eddie you are in
1: you're in the studios i'm in my little studio mate yeah i'm in my 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 studio slash warehouse slash office thing it's amazing mate it's a bit echoey i'm not gonna lie like as i'm talking i'm a little bit paranoid i sound like i'm down a well but bro i'm am t- telling you i trust you i trust me well i okay. mean give me a good
0: clap okay all right <laughs> okay yeah that's pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> but the voice is golden. The voice is golden. Okay. You're close enough to the mic. So okay. that's okay. all that matters. All right,
1: sweet. Yeah, I'm in here and I'm getting a studio room built underneath the stairs um for a little podcast room to shoot some video in and nice. just to keep warm in the winter because now I can't believe it, mate. It's it's going to be Christmas soon. Where has this year gone for one? But oh. um but yeah, it's pretty cold in here, so I'm going to get a little studio room built down underneath the stairs and then have a little professional sound Sound podcast room, mate. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, it's
0: 7.30 in the morning here. So excuse me if I'm lagging a bit. I'm doing my best. What time did you get up this morning? Uh, I think I texted you at like (laughs) (laughs)
1: 4.50. When did you start
0: getting used to getting up at that time? It was was through CrossFit uh, because the only class that really worked for me was their 5.15 a.m. class. And so, especially during camp season, I just, I couldn't do like a whole day of camp and then be like at 8 PM, like, let me go do a CrossFit class. <laughs> so I started doing the 515 class, which made me get up at 430. And, uh, and, and now I'm not on that schedule. My freaking dog is on that. Juno. I can't oh, break her yeah, out I of bet. schedule. I so bet. she just goes to the front of like, so where our bed is, she then goes to the door where we would let her out and right about 445, just. Like and it just and it just shocks the shit out of you, man. <laughs> he like I jo- I'm like Juno. Breakfast is at five thirty. Get your ass in bed. And then and she goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's, Jesus Christ, mate! That and is, it's, that is every like time you fall asleep, she goes again and hits it.
1: <laughs> Travis is this new thing, and he walks in the room and he says, "Get up, get out of bed," and he's screaming, at "Shut you. up!" And you're like, so he- <laughs> mate. Oh my God. Like to be fair, literally like you wake up and he's just there, like staring you in the face and you are saying, Dada, get up, wake up. And I'm like, Oh mate, oh God. But then bless him, you say, In a minute, Travis, in a minute. And he get and he gets his little iPad and he comes in the bed and just watches his iPad while you sort of oh, that's slowly awesome. wake up. Yeah. Wow. So he speaks now. I know yeah. nothing about children. So yeah, he, hang in there with me. It's either that I, I don't either, mate. I'm just going, Every day is a <laughs> <laughs> every day is a new day, mate. I'm learning something new. Um but yeah, he he proper talks and he he's listening more than you think, which is scary because I still swear around him. I'm gonna sure. put it out into the world, you know. Judge me if you want, people. <laughs> I say the odd swear word. I think every parent does. Um and he hasn't repeated a swear word, thank God. But he does say stuff like, um, I said to Rona, see you later, babe. And then he went, see you later, babe. And I'm like, this oh, is, yes. this is mad. This is mad. Like, How are you picking up all, all of these things? Yeah, It's crazy. He's like a fully okay, so speaking human being. And I don't know how it happened.
0: Amber has a question. Okay. Uh, Cause you know, she's like, so how old's Travis? And I was like, babe, you know, you know that Eddie and I don't actually know anything about each other. We talk all day, <laughs> but I don't like, She'll say, so Rona's his wife? I'm like, I don't know. I think it's his girlfriend, maybe his fiance, <laughs> but they might've been married for six years. I don't actually know. The classic so anyways, man-to-man relationship, that. Totally, totally. Where it's like, I know nothing about you, but it's like, well, you're my brother. I'd die for you. I just yeah. don't know where you live. I know you're in the UK. Does he live in England? Like, I think that so, or... Paraguay? But, I don't remember.
1: But there's a there's a there's a comedian in the UK, sorry to put in, but he he says this joke about when you're down like the parball, you see your mate's girlfriend, and they say, Oh, um, you know, say hello to um Cassandra for me, ask how she is. It's like, I'm never gonna say, I'm never gonna ask them if they're all right. Like
0: I'm not, not in a million years. If your, if your wife's alright. Like, that's not I, how it it's, works. It's exact could you imagine? <laughs> Oh, say hi to Rona for me. Oh, my God. That's like the easiest way to end this friendship. Hey, give Amber a little hug for me. Uh, no, Eddie. I no. shan't. Yeah. OK, so she has a question. OK. I understand that you have expensive taste and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And Rona, you know, I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't want to comment on your chick's appearance, but she looks a bit supermodelish. So <laughs> she probably has expensive taste, too. How do you afford the clothes for Travis? He's better dressed than both of you. Yeah, I know, mate. That kid is a super... Like, he literally looks like a tiny Justin Timberlake. Just cold all the time. (laughs) He's always in a
1: beanie and a hoodie. (laughs) I keep on saying to him, like, you're the next Justin Bieber, mate, and I can't wait to cash in.
0: (laughs) Oh, bro, he's so... I mean, literally, he looks like Biebs just walking
1: down the streets of London. he does. And I'm like, how does... does, Where do you even find that? Do you make his clothes? (laughs) Mate, funny that. <laughs> Rona actually wants to start making baby clothes. Um, she but, should. Yeah, yeah, she should. But there's a few places that are really good and Rona looks out for them. Um, it's just, mate, it's just like... Wow. He looks how I want to look. Like he... <laughs> when I put like a sweat... When I, when, I, when I put like sweatpants yes. on him, right? When I put sweatpants on him and like a hoodie and I see him and he's just walking around and he just looks sick and he's got this beanie on and it's perfectly fitted <laughs> to his head. I'm like... That's what I think I look like when I wear those clothes. And then I look in the mirror and I look like a skinny sort of, like I always say it, but the the dad, the alien out of American dad, just belly zero arms. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And like everything's out of proportion. Like I never, you know, you know when you sort of walk past the car window and you double take and you're like, oh no, is that, is that me? Is that what I look like?
0: I, every time I'm like, those windows are, they're they're obtuse. They're I mean, they're bent in the wrong way. They're not yeah. they're not helping me out. No, like I good. look good, yeah. Well, uh, I I agree. I think Travis definitely looks exactly like what all men wish they looked like <laughs> when they put on clothes. <laughs> Basically, he doesn't realize how, how
1: good he's got it, mate. It's insane.
0: I, totally. I I can't wait for him to bring home his girlfriend in like, say, 15 years, and you and Rona try to embarrass him by pulling out baby pictures, he's like, what's embarrassing? I look G. Like, I'm crushing life at two years old. I know. Go for it, mom. You I can't might... embarrass me. I was
1: smashing it back then. I might have to start sort of planting the seed now and just put him in like bin bags and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Just try and <laughs> totally. make it embarrassing, embarrassing. Totally. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, annoying, I think mate. I
0: think you need to get him like some flip-flops with socks yeah. a tight t-shirt about NASCAR and then some plaid shorts and be like now, because I have a theory that Brits only have two options, full slob or James Bond. Those are your only two. <laughs> I've never seen like a normal looking Brit. It's James Bond <laughs> or so flip good. flops, socks, plaid shorts, and then just the most random t-shirt about Bob's plumbing. And I'm like, how, how <laughs> do you, you come least, from the same named. country
1: as that good looking guy over there? <laughs> you named about five of my mates then honestly i went (laughs) that guy i went camping with last week honestly he turned up with like this this um beanie on and i was like why does it say something plumbing and he was like oh it's just you know just this brand of plumbing (laughs) tubes and i was like why are you wearing it then mate like (laughs) what's going on what is going on right now yeah embarrassing Uh. but um but yeah now that you pretty much summarized England, there. You pretty much summarize England. And talking about England, I can't wait to get out and come to America. (laughs) Bro,
0: we have an announcement. All you beautiful listeners, if you live anywhere in, this is the best part, Northern California or Southern California, which spans about a seven to eight hour drive, we are going to Central California. We will be in Fresno on November 17th for a clinic at Bentley's Drum Shop. It is our very first clinic together. It's our first time. Doing anything together really besides oh. hanging out at Nam for a day? I'm nervous. Uh, so I'm nervous, I was mate. even talking to the I was talking to the campers about it, and they're like, "Wait, so you've never done anything with Eddie?" I was like, "I barely even know the guy. I don't even know. I don't remember if we fist bump or high five. I, I don't know if we pulled in for a bro hug. I don't even know the guy."
1: Like, and the, and the just... handshakes in California are—they're scaring me already, mate. I don't know what to go in for. I don't know what you guys do out there. Is it a clap, pull, fist? I would
0: say it's usually the, yeah, there's the clap, the move, the pull, the up, down, fist, and then a double snap and a point. (laughs) So I would say if you're not ready for a six-step process, just go in with a nice fist bump and we're good to go. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We're all good.
1: Yeah, but I can't Um, wait. I can't wait, mate. I need to get my, I need to get practicing. I need to get playing. I need to invite some mates to my little studio to play in front of people again. Because I'll tell you what, playing, going from nothing into a mm. clinic with you in America is going to be like, I don't know, jumping headfirst into the deep end, but I'm kind of looking it. And there's no to way
0: to get around, like, because we have such limited time, <laughs> you're going to be jet lagged. You're getting here like a couple hours before. You'll get like two minutes of sleep. Then we pack up the car, head on down to Fresno. And so for any of you guys that haven't been to Bentley drum shop in Fresno, California, I would say it's probably one of the top five in the world that, uh, as far as drum shops, this is a place that you, it should be a bucket list for you to see Memphis drum shop, Bentley's drum shop, Nelson drum shop. I can't wait to see the opening of the new Nelson drum shop, revival drum shop, um, uh, Rupps in Denver. There's a few that are just truly, truly special. I'm sure I'm leaving a few out. Um, but this is one of those ones. It's a bucket list. So if you live anywhere three to four hours out you wanna to come to this. The other thing is Fresno and Bentley's Drum Shop specifically has a very dedicated following of people that attend clinics. So if you want to go to this clinic, you're gonna to need to get a hold of Bentley's Drum Shop. This will you you do not wanna risk that because of COVID and because of like how much capacity that you can't get in. So just get a hold of Bentley's Drum Shop. I believe their email is info at Bentley's dot com, but you can just go to their website, Bentley's com. And uh, get a hold of them through there and just say, "Hey, I want to attend this event, because that's the only thing we're doing publicly. Basically, what's going on is Eddie's coming in on the 16th. he'll probably get in at midnight. The next morning of the 17th, we will jump in my car, or probably Amber's car, and we will drive to in and out. Me, Eddie, to in and out, of course. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and we'll pack up my blue sparkle kit, and we'll head on down to Bentley's drum shop, and then we'll do the clinic. I will I don't I don't know the specifics yet, but you and I will not be coming home with that kit. I know that for sure. Then then the next morning or the next day, you and I have orientation with the campers. Our camp is all sold out, and we will do a three day camp, and then you will get on a plane, go somewhere, and then I drive down to LA to pick up the replacement for old Blue Sparkle. So Oof, we got a jam packed little little run there. What a time to be alive, mate. I can't wait. Bro. it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a lot of fun all right all right uh so real quick i wanted to chat a little bit about uh this last camp i I just finished a drum camp yesterday what number was that and uh total 106 but it was the sixth for the year so what's crazy is this summer i mean we're coming to the end of the summer but i've already done six camps i've got one more of mine and then one with you and then my camp season's done um but yeah, six camps down. This was advanced. This was the dream camp of all camps. So this was one of those ones where uh, on my first advanced camp, that should have been the dream camp. I've only done, this was my second one. Right. That should have been the dream camp. But the reason it wasn't is because the teacher, I can't remember his name, something rhyming with Fike Fonston. <laughs> he didn't learn the material good enough that he was teaching. <laughs> and so it was a very stressful week because I did. didn't, I had all the material down to the point that if I was a student, I could play it for my teacher. But being the teacher, you need to have that material 10 steps ahead of what's on the page. Mm. And I didn't. And so if they would say, That's really cool. So how do you use it? I'd be like, Oh, I don't know. Hell, <laughs> I haven't used it. I can't even play the damn thing. <laughs> like, it's so like, yeah, no w- more questions, please, guys. Just
1: listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, everybody. Look, that's for you. this is an advanced camp, Jim. This is for you to discover. <laughs> I can't just I can't just draw the line to your destination every day. Come on, Jim. (laughs) So, and inside I'm like, don't ask, don't ask, don't ask. I can't play this. So luckily it's been about a month since that advanced camp. So I had time to develop this material and it was just such a blast to teach. I had awesome campers, uh, zero egos, but so much talent in the room that we were all learning from each other. And it was just a a really cool, cool experience. And, And they were the ones that were also asking like, about you, like, you know, are you excited to teach with idea? I'm like, I think so. Never seen him teach. <laughs> I saw him. Do, I've seen him do a couple things on 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 our uh, our Patreon hangs. Which, by the way, next practice pad lesson for the Patreon <laughs> folks for the supporters will be on next Saturday, and we will be doing 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that is, I believe, that will be October 23rd. Beautiful, October 23rd. Beautiful. So we will do a little practice pad hang, um, and you know it would be cool too. We what? should should talk to people on the Patreon page and just see if anybody wants to be a third guest teacher. Yeah, maybe they have their own practice pad lesson they'd like to yeah. teach. which would be really cool. I would love cool. that.
1: I would love that, man Yeah, it's yeah, been it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it has, and we've got some serious players in there as well. Do you know what I mean? It'd be it'd be nice to actually learn something yeah. as well. For yeah, yeah it could I, be a bad idea. Yeah, somebody I mean, might be like, hey, you should start a
0: podcast. That guy's really good. Eddie and Mike are terrible at this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe maybe we'll just do yeah. it and we'll do the no questions yep. thing yep. as well. Do you know what I mean? It's yep. like, there guys, just listen. Mic's off. Just, just watch, <laughs> smile, and then clear off. Okay. Everybody put your stuff on mute. We've got this. Yeah, uh, exactly. But mate, I, right. saw, so, I saw the pictures yeah. from the camera, but it looks amazing, mate. I saw that video you put up one guy sat behind the kit and he did a little he did a little hi hat little sexiness yeah. in one of the videos. yeah, And it was amazing.
0: It was Bo Askew. Um, I hope, I hope Bo doesn't mind me saying this. Um, I said it to his face. I said it behind his back. So I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he's somebody that I was actually kind of worried about for a while. And the reason why is um, he started taking lessons with me a long time ago through Mike's lessons.com He only lives a couple hours from here. So then eventually he was coming to do some private lessons here. He was part of Mike's Lessons family. He did a camp, he did the camp with me and Carter and he's really good, really good. But it all sounded like me, like note for note. And wow. it was one of those things where I told him, I was like, dude, I was never mad at you ever. I was never like mad that you were borrowing stuff and not moving. I was disappointed that you weren't taking the next step to move it forward. So just, I, I've told you this before, but I don't know who's coming to camp ever. I, I walk into the lobby to, for the meeting. And that's the first time I know like, oh my gosh, you're here and you're here and you're here. Because otherwise I'll predetermine whether it's going to be a good camp or a bad camp. I don't ever want to do that mentally or emotionally. So I get there, I see Bo and I'm like stoked because I love him. But I'm like, "Ah, are you here to farm more material and not move it on? So anyways, that was kind of my thought. Then day one happened. Everything he played, I couldn't recognize any influences. I didn't even know where he was getting this stuff. And I was like... Okay, I'll I'll trust it for day one. Day two comes around. By by day three, I was his biggest fan. I couldn't wait to see what he would do with my material because he always took it to the next step, moved the material forward, put his own spin on it. And I was able to tell him by day five, all of this stuff that I've felt in the background, but it's like, I didn't know how to bring it up previously. And now I could tell him, dude, you are a legit pro. I'm not even like, a proud teacher. I'm actually a fan. I've gone from being your teacher to a fan. You're a bad dude. And I don't hear any of my influence in you anymore. You have moved it forward. You you
1: found your voice and I just couldn't be more proud. Mate, that's, so that's why I put up that video. That's the key though, isn't it? Like to take something and be inspired by people, but try and just always understand and recognize that like, that that's just the beginning. Do you know what I mean? The next step is how you actually create a voice in the kit. It happened to me as well, mate. One one of the guys in my in my old membership, who was like a really sort of engaged pupil, got involved with okay. everything, and he was an amazing guy, like an amazing drummer. And he came down for a one to one, and the same thing happened. Everything that I played, he knew. And if I yep. got him to improvise, it just sounded like me on the kit. And it was kind of right. like, all right, well, wh- where, where do we go from here? Do you know what I mean? Like in this hour specifically, what do you want me to show you? Um, because like you, you, everything that I've put out into the world, you've consumed and you've used. But like right. the one thing that you may be slightly confused about is like, that's just the beginning. Do you know what I mean? That is literally 100%. just the beginning. Now you take it and just do whatever you want and try and figure out a new way of coming up with things. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: And, it, and that's, That's the beginning of that lonely side of the journey, right? Is like, oh man, well it it wasn't lonely when I was hanging out mentally with my hero. Yeah, it was you know me and David Garibaldi just holding hands down the street working on this stuff, and then it's like, okay, well now he's gone and you're left by yourself. What are you gonna do with this stuff? And how are you going to get some? I mean, my goal is always that someone that I got the material from in the first place comes back to me and says, "Hey, what was that?" And I'm like, "That's actually from your book." Yeah, I just, it's you know, shit. I don't. If I can get it to a point that they that they don't even recognize their
1: own stuff, then I know I've moved it forward. <clears throat> and I think the... we've talked about this. Go ahead, buddy. I was just going to say that that's it's a really scary thing that I think a lot of people and I definitely felt this at one point was like you don't want to acknowledge it. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to acknowledge that's... that like you've basically been taught not everything, but like being taught uh, enough to, to yeah. be guided on your way to like being a professional drummer. It's like that harsh, real harsh realization of like, yeah, let's just, just see you in a couple of years, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like you've, mm-hmm. you've got, you've got everything. I can be here and I can show you a few more things along the way and keep, you know, teach you and guide you. But like this one thing we're going to be doing for the next year. Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's, it, I, and I, there's... Yeah. For, I think for a lot of people, it's like, okay, what's next? What's next? What else can you give me? No, that's not
0: it. I mean, that's, you know, we have a system in in the site and in the camp called Page to the Gig. And it's like, what is the system from taking some notes on a page all the way to the point that they truly come out of you naturally in the moment, whatever the gig is. Um, and that's a, a long process. And sometimes people will say, well, how long did you do that? And I'm like, oh, those six notes, a uh, year and a half. right? And it doesn't mean I don't do anything else. But, but let's look back on like your six stroke roll. I would say that you are a master of the modern six-stroke role. You have mastered it. You have freedom with it. It doesn't mean that you forgot to go to boxing because of the six-stroke role or you couldn't remember, you know, you didn't even say hi to Rona. Like there, life still goes on. But always in the background, there's this one thing that you're giving more attention to to everything else until the moment comes where you're like, I don't ever need to even think about that thing again. Yeah, yeah. It's on
1: lock. <laughs> yeah. you know? I remember when I first learned the six-stroke roll. And I learned how to move it around the kit in ways that it sounded like all these sick drummers that I saw online. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But honestly, mate, like you just said, it took me two years to be able to play that in an LTA set without thinking, yes. what am I doing? Like the- <laughs> so many <laughs> Here times. Here it comes. I'm about to do a six stroke roll, light the flares. So many times, mate. And because it was my own band, I could make a mistake. You know what I mean? I've made loads of mistakes. Sure. Playing. I've played the wrong bloody song before mate do you know what I mean I had to start again <laughs> but I've done I've done it all I've done it all but um, yeah it took way longer than I thought it would that the difference mentally and emotionally um, in practicing in your practice to playing on stage is crazy yeah. it's so oh, big sure. and it's way bigger than you ever think it's going to be and I remember just a year went by and I was just like oh mate the six row. I was like I'm flying in the practice room put it into a set I don't know what happened there. You know the classic. You know the classic of like yes. you go to do it and then you start and then all of a sudden this crazy busy feel just ends up being do 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 just single. <laughs> totally. just, just totally. like, what the fuck happened there?
0: Yeah. And then you just put your head down, the band turns around, you're like, I'm guys, I'm sorry. Like, you know what's weird though? No one, no one else in the band ever does what we do. I've never heard a guitarist go for something and it not work. Ever. Like, I've never heard him go, (laughs) like, that never happens. The bass player never is just like, I'm about to slap. I know it's a metal (laughs) band, but I'm about to slap. And then it doesn't work. Like, we're the only ones that are like, yeah, this is a pretty pressure-packed
1: situation, I'm going to try some shit out. Like, here we go. (laughs) Some (laughs) of the things I've done before, and I don't know why I've gone for them, and I've given myself like near panic attacks and heart attacks on stage from just going for these feels that I do not know. Like, do not know (laughs) whatsoever. And every time I went for these feels, I used to turn around and my drum tech used to be sat there. The guy I went camping with, and he used to have this massive vape, right? And he always used to sit side on. So I'm here, he used to sit to the side he wouldn't even look at me. He'll just be smoking his vape and he'll just go, just shake his head. (laughs) Just shaking his head. Every time. Get off stage. He's like, what what were you doing there? And I was like, I was going for something in my head, but it came out completely different. Something that I can't describe really. So I don't know. That's so funny, man. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, that is, I think that that's part of
0: trying to find our voice. We have to like start to speak and then it doesn't work. And then eventually we find these things that become ours. I think one thing that I've been going through a lot with the campers this year has been the idea, especially if you can already play. If you can't play, meaning that you're in like your first five or 10 years of drumming and you're still just acquiring the fundamental information, then just that's it. Do that. If you happen to stumble upon your voice, that's great. But I'm thinking more along the lines of like, okay, I actually have a collection and a wealth of knowledge, but it's all from other people. I don't know who I am as a player. One thing that I've been trying to impress on my campers lately is like, be selfish, start working on the things that you want to work on. Start working on the, put more effort into the things you like where in the beginning, everything it's fun because it's drums, but everything is vegetables. It's like, well, I don't know. I, I guess I have to learn the six stroke roll as well as the paradiddle diddle as well as the double paradiddle. But then at some point you're good enough to say, okay, out of those six note combinations, double paradiddle, paradiddle diddle and six stroke roll. Which one do you like the most? Yeah, it's like it's... be selfish. Practice the one you like more because you'll be so much better at it. And then it, you know, we had a couple guys here at camp, especially one guy in particular that does custom thrones. Uh, his name's Chris Hancock, and he has a company called Rooster Thrones. So my throne is one oh, of his. I've seen those. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he's he's just he's a amazing craftsman, but he's a legit drummer. Uh-huh. Like Chris Hancock can play himself some drums. So, anyways he was playing one of the things he was just playing drums, uh, like on the pad kit and a bunch of campers were like, yo, what is that? And Chris started explaining it. But one of my pages was on his music stand. And as he looked, he goes, Oh, it's letter B it's letter B that Mike gave us on day two. And I thought that sure as heck isn't letter B because it's never sounded like that when I played it. And sure enough, it was, it was, it was it, but he had a voice that I just was like, man, I should practice that one. Like, I just put it down as one of the possibilities. Mm. You can do this with six notes. And he played it and it was like, God dang, that sounds good. But then when I thought about it, it's like, well, he's not playing letter B off of my page. He has a sound in his head. It's coming out of him. It's his natural voice. If you break down what he's doing, yes, it's these six notes and it's this certain pattern and this subdivision, but that's not what's going on in his head. He's singing. Mm -hmm. coming out of him naturally.
1: Yeah. So So, talking about things coming out of you naturally, right? That's such a good point because I remember when I, when I removed the double bass pedal and I was trying to think of ways to like play these fields with one foot. Um, I found myself like, yeah, again, I don't know why, but trying stuff out on stage, like improvising stuff on stage. And what I quickly realized about voice is that like, I think you've said this before it's literally like your your dialogue, right? It's how you say things. And sometimes mm-hmm. what you're playing isn't how you would say things, if that makes sense. Like if you compare it to how you talk, like I wouldn't say, uh, I don't know, good day. I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, give me something American to say, something really American. Um... <laughs> <laughs> really American. All right. Um, how about just
0: like, what up, bro? Are you going down to Starbucks to get a mochaccino?
1: What up, bro? Are you... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Straight away, I would never say, what What up, bro? Do you know what I mean? I'm just, that's right, just not in my right. dialogue. And that's what I quickly realized when like improvising. It's like, okay, that is cool. And yeah, I can technically play it, but it doesn't fit my dialogue. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't sound good. It sounds like I'm being an imposter. It sounds like I'm just trying to like sound like everyone else. And that's what I qu- quickly realized about finding your voice on the kit. It's like sometimes it's all good to not actually be able to play everything and everything fit in your dialogue. And then sometimes it doesn't even make sense. Do you know what I mean? Some of the things that I was practicing for ages and for hours and for weeks and for months, when I ended up being able to do them and put them in a musical situation, I was like, this just isn't me though. Do you know what I mean? It
0: doesn't sound good. Totally. Totally. And I think that that's what we all go through while finding our voice. And a lot of times when you're finding your voice, you don't know that you're finding your voice. Uh, When I go to speak to people or to like say I'm in a social situation with a lot of strangers, at no point am I thinking, here's a great chance for me to develop how I speak to strangers. I'm just speaking. (laughs) And every once in a while, I'm "Um, I thought I was about to say something funny. Clearly, someone here is Mormon because I offended somebody with that joke. That did not work out as well as I thought it was going to go. It wasn't meant to be insulting, (laughs) but I thought I'd get a little chuckle. But then I realized, okay, this isn't working out very well or whatever the case is, you know, like, oh, wow, a lot of vegans in the room. My bad. I (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were cool. I saw steak (laughs) on the menu. I just kind of assumed. And so it's like, okay, well, now after those things, you start to learn, well, that's just, maybe I should do a little bit more homework before I start firing off little funny jokes. And like you said, the way that that your slang comes out, I've told you multiple times, I really want to say proper bit of kit. It doesn't work. I can't I think, say it. Uh, you know what? I think I think with a bit more practice, you could, mate. Proper bit of kit. I now. think if I take out if I if I take out proper and move in legit, that is a legit
1: bit of kit. Yeah, there you go. I think I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. So just start That's saying a, it, mate. Just start planting okay. the seed now, mate. For a year's time, it will be because <laughs> it's be new...
0: my voice, baby. <laughs> yes.
1: okay. <laughs> but talking uh, about voice, what what on the kit are you trying to work out better? Regarding like voicing and like, you know, what you play and how you play it.
0: Yeah, I think that where I'm at right now, you know, we talked last time we did our Finding Your Voice episode, I had just found my voice. Well, eventually, and maybe you went through this uh, in the last few years, but eventually, once you've found your voice, you get really sick of your voice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I get bored of what I'm going to play before (laughs) I've even played it. Literally, I sit That sometimes I sit down at the kit and I'm like, I know what's gonna come out. I there's no there's no point. There's no point. No one no one else needs to see it. They've seen it a million times. I'm not
0: growing here. I mean, I'm just I'm it's just what I call self-medicated licks. I play things that are just patting me on the back, being like, damn right. Yeah, you got that. <laughs> You're self-medicating with your own drumming. Like, that's not what I want to do. No more self-medicated licks. So I'm kind of at a place where with my voice, I have three or four what I would definitely consider to be chops. It's not improvised; they happen every time. And I'm I'm this is the year that I'm moving them into the recycle bin as like they're banned. I'm not wow. I'm not allowing myself to use Big those move. anymore because it's Big move. It's scary. They're they are my get out of jail free cards. It's like saying, okay, Eddie, no more six stroke roll. And it's yeah, like, I, I'll be I'll be gone. Oh I'll, I'll, I'll be gone. I'll be
1: full time in the <laughs> sneaker game at that point.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel. I'm like, well, if I lose that, I mean, that's how I come out of everything. Every time I'm in trouble, I play one of those four things to get me out of jail. Like, oh, you're making me realize how many card. of these I've
1: got. You're making me realize how many of these get out of jail free cards I've got. <laughs> my one, right, left, right, left, left kick every time. Really, every time. That's enough. That's that's a it's crowd pleaser. I've, I've ticked a yeah. few boxes. Brilliant. Totally. I'm out. <laughs> I I literally have
0: those like I, every time I play one of these four things, I hear a clinic crowd applaud. <laughs> like, oh, that's the oh, that's what we were waiting for. The yeah, guy, the bag. good Woo! job, Mike Johnston. Woo! <laughs> God, he's good. He's fast on that rack, Tom. And so <laughs> I I I don't know if uh, you ever saw any of these videos. They I mean I wouldn't call them memes, but they were trendy videos where drummers like a drummer would do like here's rock guy here's pop guy here's touring guy yeah that type of thing well a couple of guys back in the day did here's here's eric moore here's tony royster here's steve jordan like they would just kind of find the thing that was that drummer and they would imitate it and be like it would be five seconds of right. tommy lee well i thought at that time I guess I can't be involved in that because I don't have anything that you could rip off as stereotypical Mike Johnston. So I worked really hard to develop those things. Well, now I'm sick of those things. (laughs) And I don't, it's like, yeah, now you could be like, oh, here's the Mike Johnston lick. Well, it's like, okay, from what, 2014, 2006? Like, what's the 2021 Mike Johnston lick? Oh, it's the same one. And so I have a voice now, but I need, for the first time in probably three to four years, Mm. I'm actually on an active search for new vocabulary that I can say, okay, uh, and this is something that we need to talk about. When I find that vocabulary word, those six notes, those seven notes, that is such a commitment of, well, it's not going to become a Mike Johnston thing without a year of practice. Do I really want to work on that for the next year? you at the end of the year, it'll be assimilated into my DNA and I'll be able to play it anytime, any moment, any tempo sweet, you know, swing it, play it straight. But it's a process to get there. Yeah, It's not like you just decide like, Oh yeah, I should start using that more often. (laughs) It doesn't show up. Like, I mean, like literally if, if, if somebody said right now, like, um, you know, what's your favorite quintuplet lick? It's like, I can show it to you with a metronome perfectly. But will it ever show up in my playing? No, because I haven't developed it enough. And so to find those things, so that's kind of where I'm at with my my current voice needs new vocabulary. It also needs new tempos. I'm very comfortable at 110, like 100 to 110, mm-hmm. because all of my 32nd note chops work there. But 16th notes also sound cool at... Triplets they sound yeah, great. And yeah. I have my mm-hmm. show off flicks. Well, what happens when somebody says, 2 uh, two, I'm like, no, <laughs> don't, wanna be here and... <laughs> and so I gotta I gotta really like bring in some new
1: tempos that I'm comfortable yeah. in those environments
0: and then bring in some new vocabulary what about you buddy?
1: I need to I feel like I've got my vocab down in like fills but I need to work at them in, in grooves I think when it comes to okay. grooves what I used to be really good at and used to play a lot was like not really good at sounds like a bit of an arrogant bullshit thing to say but like what I used to play <laughs> all the time was like <laughs> like trappy stuff with the with the stacker you know yeah, all that kind of stuff but yeah. I was I did a video shoot for Charlie the other day right and the drums they weren't hard but it was just constant sixteens with a couple of like accents so a and groove yeah. yeah and I was just like this isn't as comfortable as I would like it to be and then I started to realize as I was practicing the tune like mate I need to like establish a vocabulary so when someone hears a groove they go, oh, that that might be Eddie. Do you know what I mean? Or that that sounds yeah. like Eddie. I feel like when it comes to feels, I've got my, bah, 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 my six-stroke rolls, all of that kind of down, where if you were a fan of the bands I've played in, you might be able to go, oh, that's Eddie. But when it comes to right. grooves, mate, I'm like, flip. Especially grooves like that, because I don't really need to play them that often. Do you know what I mean? It's not sure. often I need to be like...
0: But when I do, I'm like,
1: oh, mate, it's the same as you, man. Like with the five... Five stuff like the five fields i can play it but i'm 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 proper thinking about it
0: (laughs) yeah 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 well i think that those are what i call groove environments like what environment makes me the most uncomfortable like all of a sudden i'm just in some kind of shoddy downtown area at 2 a.m and it's like yeah i i understand this is earth but i'm very uncomfortable right now (laughs) i know it's the same planet i know it's even the same state that i live in but it's 2 a.m. in an environment that I'm not comfortable in. I'd really like to go home and see my mom. Don't understand why we have to be here right now. <laughs> like, or like an armored vehicle. Uh, and then there's other environments like Sutter Street on Folsom, where it's like 2 a.m., 3 a.m., midday. I I mean, people come out of the building like, hey, Mike, it's time eight. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the mayor, baby. I got this. Well, grooves are like that. There are yeah. grooves that if somebody says, actually the one that you said, like that's one of my, that's home base for me. Mm-hmm. I could be in a Gadsden groove all day. And while I'm there, it doesn't matter that I'm not doing anything. I might be, but my head knows, and knows it knows everything that can happen. And so I, I've, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but my teacher explained it to me like this when it came to those environments. It, when you don't practice, it's like driving down the street with in the middle of the night with one headlight. You're very tense. But when you've flushed that stuff out, when you fellowshipped with it, it's all the lights come on, the sun is up. And it doesn't mean you do anything more. It's just you can see everything around you and you just relax. Your shoulders drop down. Yeah. You smile. You can actually use your fifth limb, which is your brain. And you start thinking like, you start producing the moment. Is mm-hmm. my right hand too loud? Let me bring it down a little. And so... I think a good thing for, you know, both of us is to pick some new tempo environments and some new groove environments over the next year to just say, I'm committed to this groove environment. I'm going to flush it out. I'm going to fellowship with it. I'm going to find albums where other people
1: have played this so I can see what the masters have done. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to tackle this stuff. One other thing that I really wanna I've been saying this for years, really wanna get in get into is shuffle. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my God if I could go from playing like a six stroke, like playing rock staff, like just thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is the, the dream baby. And then a shuffle, and this happened, I'll give, I'll, I'll explain the perfect uh, scenario where this happened. And then a shuffle comes out the blue and I'm like, whoa, what happened to drum fields Why can't I, I can't even spell drums at this point, let alone play them. Do you know what I mean? Like right. my world has just stopped. Um, yep. And in the young blood set, there's like this really, it's kind of like Scar. It's like, okay. Um, and then out of the blue in the mid eight, it's like a massive tempo change. It, the oh shuffle it comes out of nowhere. And in rehearsals, my mate True, the MD, was like, yeah, there's one push in the middle of it, but gap, bam, bam, that you've got to hit. Apart from that, do whatever, but keep the kicks going. Do not stop the kicks. So I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, mate. Noted. Yeah. Watch me go, mate. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I couldn't keep like for the first three goes of the song, I couldn't keep the kicks going. I just couldn't. My brain was notes. yeah, do See, I can air, air drum to it and what's in my head right. is coming out sexy and smooth, but playing it, mate, oh my um, Lord. And that was the perfect example of, right, I want to be the drummer that is in my head because when we were talking, yes. I was like, okay, so, and then I went to play it. Oh God. <laughs> oh, I forgot so my own name, I,
0: but yeah. I, dude, I'm telling you, you know what's weird for me is that I can halftime shuffle all day long. Like if somebody said, we're doing an entire set of halftime triplet grooves. Yeah. I am golden. If somebody says, I need you just to close the distance between the kick and the snare by half. Do, do, do. I'm like I'd really rather not play this <laughs> yeah, instrument anymore I get you. it's yeah. the same thing but you just close that distance and I'm like it's eh, I feel yeah. like the walls are closing in on me I don't know any fills yeah. and they're like take a solo yeah. I don't <laughs> want to be <laughs> here. Ding, ding, ding,
1: ding, 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 ding. This is and- this is why we play drums for, for until the day we die, mate. Because you think you're good, 100%. and percent one one MD <laughs> says, "Try this, will you?" And you go, oh, for fuck's sake!"
0: I could, I can imagine. It's funny. Before you said that about Youngblood, I was thinking the worst scenario ever would be you in front of a hundred thousand people. Crushing the gig. And then there's just like, hey, let's just improv. And the bass player goes, <laughs> doom, do, doom, 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 and you're and you're just like, no, 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 yes. Anything but th- I'm not a slow blues. I'm not doing it. no I don't want to be here. So yeah, I think that, but my thought on this is is a standard shuffle more difficult than a halftime shuffle? No. Is shuffling more difficult than playing straight? No. The only option is something is more familiar to you or less familiar. So your age group, honestly, even my age group, because I'm like how old are you right now? Twenty two? Th- th- Thirty one now. Wow. Thirty one. Yeah. Okay. So even my age group, where I'm a, almost a decade and a half older than you, everything that I heard as a kid in commercials, in grocery stores, in elevators was straight sixteenth notes. Mm-hmm. None of it. I didn't grow up in an era where everything on the radio was swung triplets. Where if somebody's maybe 20 years older than me, there's a good chance that their teenage years were formed in the world of triplets. Everything. So I didn't start listening to music till I was a kid, which would be mid 80s. Everything was straight ahead, rock and roll, straight eights, nothing swings. Obviously, occasional, you know, 80s pop tunes might have like a, Everybody wants to rule the world, shuffle to it. Yeah. But for the most part, and and to me it was like, well, that song sucks because I can't play it. So (laughs) it's... That is that. I'll visit it when I'm (laughs) 45 on Instagram. Yeah, that is me. Oh, you like this (laughs) one? Yeah, I think it's awful. I don't know why it's number (laughs) one.
1: Why why is it number one? It's
0: terrible. Yeah, that that whole... No,
1: no. It's a platinum. Well, the world is full (laughs) of idiots then.
0: I'm out. So basically, that was my attitude, 100%. And so it's just the film familiarity of it that it's like, well, I don't have as many references in my past to know to, to do this. And not to mention, even when I look back at all the gigging I did leading up to being a touring drummer, even like cover bands and everything, most of it was straight. So I have more hours into the straight world of 16th notes and 32nd notes than I do into the world of eighth note triplets and swung feels. So I definitely, I think moving forward this year, I want to have a couple new tempos that I'm very comfortable in. And I'm excited if somebody says, one, two, three, four, like, cool. I know the vocabulary. I know the grooves. That 140 thing, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Where right now I'm like, you know, if you said, one, two, three, four, go, go there we go I will pull us down 78 BPM within two bars I love to see that <laughs> yeah, be like, and there's my shed tempo now we can throw some heat so I want to be comfortable in multiple tempos for sure and I want to bring in some new vocabulary words where people stop and say what was that And then, just like you, I want to bring in a new one or two new groove environments. Mm.
1: So, yeah, definitely my my New Year's resolution. Talking about um, talking about (laughs) shedding, not that I've done it, but it. it, I had a flashback to that Marco Minimum tour, Mm. where he said, "Yeah, come up and jam. Come on, Eh, come on, sure, mate. You know, you fucking freak. What do you mean? Come on, jam? (laughs) Like, no way am I doing this. Like, how are you comfortable (laughs) with this? You weirdos." Um, (laughs) but I would get up and he mate, I can't believe I'm saying well I can't believe it Um, he used to you know after his set I would get up and he would say you know down the mic so we're just going to have a little jam and I would time it to perfection mate I would in the corner of my eye see that he still has the microphone in his hand so I would just jump in start the tempo start the vibe that suited me do you know what I mean? Hundred percent. I'm like, I, bro. I'm like, I'm going, mate. I'm not giving you a chance to start in seven over nine or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? And then you're just
0: stuck going, like, can you, can you move your head? Can you just nod? I need to know where the. I don't even. One, we'll deal with one on a different day. Yeah. I don't know where the pulse is. He. Is, I can't even tap my left foot to it.
1: It was like watching. I don't know, like a, a mathematician I mean, he is amazing, and I've, really, I've really, really, have you met it before? I've never met him. Mate, he's nope. really, he's really cool, mate. He's really, really cool. He's like, yeah, he's just, he's just like a geezer. He's just like a lad. But yeah, it was, uh, it was funny. I was like, yeah, okay, okay. You know, my heart is racing, but you've still got your microphone in your hand, mate. So here we go. Totally, Eddie's I would in have comfort done the zone, exact same thing. But everything's comfort zone for him, so he was probably like, yeah, don't worry, little boy. You just do yeah. Well, you-
0: that's that's kind of what I want. Is like that if you kicked off a groove, whatever the tempo whatever the feel I want to be as excited because right now, if you kicked off a groove, let's say we're at Bentley's drum shop and I'm like, and Eddie and I are just going to throw some heat for you kids. You kicking off a groove is basically you spinning a wheel and there's two slots on that wheel. That are wins for me. Everything else is a <laughs> loss, right? Exactly. And so the, the chances that you're gonna land on a like a Mike's tempo and Mike's feel is very small. I want to maximize those spots on the wheel so that whatever you spin the wheel to, I get excited like, oh, sweet, reggae one drop, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> right now, if you went, i'd be like oh god yeah
1: no. i would have to i don't know what i would do in those situations that's something nightmares are made of mate i think i would just get off i think i would just leave the stage i think i would say look i you know um i i would rather go out with a bang than see my career deteriorate and yes. crash in front of all of you so i'm gonna go out and say look it's not me see you later i just i take one
0: look from the snare upwards and I go 274 cell phones back down <laughs> roll the cymbals <laughs> I take off the felt off of my cymbals put them on the back of my sticks to make some mallets yeah there we go <laughs> and I'm like cool dude I'll be the texture guy for your cool yeah. reggae I'll, one drop I'll go like that I'll go,
1: I'm, gonna fi- I'm gonna film you this is amazing I was getting to phone out you.
0: <laughs> just, just, yeah, I'm gonna film you oh you're so good at drum set woo I'm going to go film you. All right, everybody. <laughs> oh, that is what Eddie off. and I will be working on for our finding our voice. And please, if you're one of the amazing patrons that support this podcast, please let us know in the Patreon page, like, what are you doing to find your voice and most importantly, to develop your voice over the next couple of years? Like Eddie and I said, it it's not something where you just acquire some new lick or some new groove and that's that. You have to fellowship with it. You have to develop it to the point that it becomes you. Uh, Like I talked about with my uh, camper this week that I was so proud was that everything he played, hell, if anything, I was taking influence from him going like, ooh, that's the way to do it right there. Well, that's what Eddie and I want for all of you. Because the more individual voices we have, the more we get to have our voices personally. And we get to stand out because we have the way that we do this stuff. And then you have the way that you do this stuff. The other perk about being a patron is that you can submit audio questions. And we do have one from Jared quick. So let's take a listen to that now. Hi guys. I'd like to get some more details around your thoughts on using a double bass drum. I seem to remember many podcasts ago, Eddie talking about dropping the double bass and it sounded like it opened up some things for him. Mike seemed to agree. I may be lacking some details because it came up quite a while ago But I wanted to ask you guys a little more about that and see what, in fact, dropping the double bass allows you to do. If there are some negatives to using it and when it might be appropriate to incorporate it into your repertoire. One of the reasons I'm asking is because I do like some music and drummers that use a double bass regularly. Thanks, guys. I love the podcast.
1: First of all, you should read audiobooks, mate, because you have one of those voices. I thought I was listening to Calm, the app then. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. Um, that was beautiful. I was expecting Matthew McConaughey to pipe in as well. Um, <laughs> I would. Say, so it depends on what genre of music you play. I think you know uh, because sometimes you know depending on your genre of music, double bass drums are definitely needed. But for me, it was just a crutch. It was just something that I just I got so uh, I was just so safe using it, um, and I knew that I could produce these feels that somewhat sadly impressed. And also just like made things easier for me. So I just relied on it time and time again. And honestly, it was the best thing that I ever did to get rid of it. So you don't have to get rid of it if you're not doing that. But if you are doing that, I would definitely say uh get rid of it, even for a short period of time. But then also you, it can do amazing things for your playing and for your coordination and stuff like that. If you're not using one and you do want to use one, um yeah. I would say... I would say... Get one, keep one. I forgot if you have one or not. I forgot what you said, but I would definitely say the minute you start to just have that left foot relying on that left pedal, I think, mate, switch it up for a little bit, mate, and just try to uh, eliminate it being a crutch because it's crazy what happens when your left foot moves to that hi-hat. And then, you know, like for me, I started using the hi-hat for just not just a metronome, and then my left hand came into my playing way more before my left yeah. hand was my left foot. So um, I would say that, mate, just just make sure whatever happens, you don't use it as a, as a crutch, basically, if that helps. Uh, I, I agree.
0: I, I think you, know, you, you never want to be to the point where you go to a friend's house or you come to a drum camp. Let's say you go to, I don't know, whoever's camp that you're going to and you have to go, oh, you don't have a double pedal? Well, yeah, that was I me. I can't play. Literally. Yeah, that was a lot of people. And I remember people just being like, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, you're going to learn how to play the instrument the way everyone else learned how to play it, like without a double pedal. And I, my thought is this. If you use a double pedal for anything with two notes, it's a crutch. Mm. Right around three, I'm kind of okay with you. Like I have trouble getting out of fills. If my fill ends with right, left, kick, kick, and then I have to crash with a kick. So right, left, kick, kick, crash. That three, da, da, da. That, that can be tough for some people. Yeah, Four notes or more, all double go all day. I just, I personally don't have that in my drumming. And if I do, I use my floor tom. But I also totally agree with you. Stylistically, I don't want to hear modern metal without it. It's part of the frequency that comes through the speakers that makes the song sound the way it does. And so if it's a stylistic thing, go for it. I think you know when it's a crutch. I mean, basically, if every time you go to crash with your snare you move your foot off the hi-hat to the kick and go...
1: Yeah. Then it's like, stop. Yeah. No bass player in the world wishes you'd do more of that. Mate, like the perfect example, I saw Matt Gasker the other day on Instagram. And I was like, yeah. oh, you make me want to bring it back. You make me want to get yeah. a double bass pedal because like, you're not using it for a crutch. You're using it so tastefully and you're not just... He's speaking sh- with his feet. Yeah, literally. Like genius. Yep. I'd, I'd never really listened to Matt before. I don't know why or how, but then oh, I, really? I, I saw that new DW announcement video. And I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, you're a, you're you're a demon on the kit, mate. He's he's uh, pretty he's, saucy. He's disgusting. Yeah, he is disgusting, he's, isn't he? Yeah.
0: And the best part is that he left in like three full Gartska. Ah, you know, like he like he didn't get what he was going for, and he left it in the video because that's him. Like yeah. he's just always going. He's always at a hundred percent. So he's going to push himself to that point. And." Yeah the best part is the only way you know that something wasn't what he wanted is him screaming about it because the drumming was still amazing. It just wasn't what he was going for, but he never messes up ever like uh, to our ears. You know? Yeah. He's, he's a beast, man. I mean, it, my thought is always that as, especially as a teacher, if that's what kids are listening to, it's going to be an awesome 2030. (laughs) If they're growing up on that, it's like, Oh yeah, I got this band that I really dig animals as leaders. I think Matt Garst is pretty good at drums. Like, Oh, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on AC/DC. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. Literally, <laughs> the guy played a one hit on a rack tom, and I thought he was freaking Terry Bozzio. Like, it is. Like, if that's what you think is
1: normal, you're gonna be a freaking savant. I know, mate. It's crazy, man. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, they, but yeah, talking about double bass stuff. I would, I would just do that, mate. I would just always be aware. Like, it can make you a, an amazing drummer, a better drummer, but definitely, like, mm-hmm. just don't. Use it as a crutch because that was me You'd at just college. Be creative mate. with it, we were yeah. us at college. We used to walk around with double bass pedals like they were flipping guitars, mate. So like yeah. we would walk up to a drum kit. Oh, it's our turn. Two sets. Move the snare. Yeah, two- <laughs> take the pedal. Like, oh, here we go. Move the hi hat's about twelve miles to the left because it's it's got three stands instead of two. Yep. Um <laughs> But yeah, nightmare. But that was. But me. who cares? I'm gonna lock that thing
0: down. Never <laughs> even use it, anyways. It gets <laughs> in my way. Yeah, I mean the other thing, Jared, is uh I would definitely. Well, consider trying to be as creative with it as you can you know try putting your foot sideways on the hi hat and the bass drum pedal and play a samba instead yeah. of doing to do it's doom to do it's do do
1: you can do so many cool things Dude, lo- did that I'm get lo- you it's... because you used to do that i made you're just you're just me at college right now it's like well i, I can just leave that open or close it i'm not going to touch that anyway that's actually yeah. just take that out of the room take the hi hat out of the room yeah. please <laughs> just give me that <laughs> thing gets in my way so <laughs> set of x hats you have some X hats I can put on my right and just X-hats. lock them down. Be- <laughs> it's like me saying, talking to the college two tutors, like, okay, guys, um, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to perform. Uh, where's your X hats?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna need your X hats, your double pedal. You don't, you don't have a stacker like a three way stacker. I need a China, an 18 inch crash, and then a splash on top of that. Well, then it I'm was, sorry, it was play. like
1: we were walking around with flipping double bass pedals. was like they were guitar picks, yeah. mate. Who's got a totally. double base? Anyone got a double base pedal I could uh, use real quick? Hey, yeah,
0: can I use your pulling. double iron Cobra? Yeah? <laughs> long boards? Bring it in. I'll, Literally. Yeah, long boards are fine.
1: People <laughs> like pulling them out of their bloody back pockets, mate. Like, yeah, don't worry. I've got one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And then like somebody rolls in with like the trick or the axis. Oh, oh the, the axis. axis. Oh, it's like... Oh, shut it
1: down. You, oh, you, you're serious? You, you waited 12 years to get that from America. That's <laughs> yeah, mental. totally.
0: If somebody comes in with an axis and a reflex pad, game over. It's like, what are you, Alex Rudinger? This is insane. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this walk down memory lane. I hope all of you are excited to develop your voice because, I mean, really, what more can can keep or stand us apart and make us have our own thing than our voice on the kit. And that is a, such a cool thing. And that is definitely, if you ever wonder what pros respect in other drummers, it's their voice. It's never their collection of skills. No pro is ever blown away by somebody's you know, independence. They're blown away by their voice with that independence and exactly. their sound and their touch. And that is what all of us are looking for. The people I follow have a voice. The people that are really good at the drums that don't have a voice, I, I'm not, it's like, that's cool. I get it. You put in a lot of time, but you're still missing the thing that separates us all, which is your voice. So please take that part of it seriously. And for all of you that are somewhat new to drums, just make sure you carve out a little time to always ask yourself, now that I've learned this, what's my version of it? How am I going to make it me? And if you can do that, you're going to be in a good place. But until next time, I hope you guys just have an amazing day. Get some practice in. Please, if you can, head on over to patreon.com forward slash drum with Mike and Eddie. And consider becoming a patron because that is how this podcast stays on the air. At some point, we also we can't call them out by name, but we do need to mention that there is somebody that's been supporting this podcast with about... 80 persons worth of monthly dues per month uh, just to keep this thing going and I I hope he knows how much we appreciate it yeah absolute legend
1: man absolute legend
0: thank you guys so much for listening to episode 58 we love you that's a wrap